How long will it take until I reach my goals? I hear this question all the time, and really, most of us wonder. But today, I want you to hear about a journey to success. It will inform you and inspire you. Come listen. Welcome to the e-commerce roadmap, the podcast for store owners who are growing their sales without spending a fortune on ads. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up and join your host, Susan Bradley, as we dive into the work that will grow your sales this year. Hey, welcome back. So it's early in the year, and many of you are probably wondering if this is the year, the year that you'll get more traction and finally feel like you're reaching some of your goals. So today, I'm sharing an episode that I actually recorded three years ago in 2021. And what I want you to see is how long it took this store owner to feel confident and successful and like she was reaching her goals. It's the story of an Inner Circle member who joined us looking for solutions, solutions to grow her sales, to stop relying on Etsy, and actually to go full-time in her own business, to quit her job and just run her business. So you're going to hear how she set herself up for success, the three things that our Reliable Revenue Program changed for her, and one of them was that her sales were up 140% that year. It's pretty darn good. And lastly, I want you to know the end of her story. It's actually not the end, but it's an up-to-date version. So Sarah came to us in 2020. She was looking for help to grow her business, just like everyone else who comes to the Inner Circle. And today she is helping so many other members grow their businesses. She still has a successful, profitable store. And now she is one of the most heavily booked coaches inside of the inner circle. What a transformation. I want you to come and listen and just be inspired because this is what's possible for everyone. Welcome back. I have a special treat for you today. I want to introduce you to someone who has just been one of the most steady, wise, humble, helpful member of our Reliable Revenue Program. You know, Sarah, when you speak, I listen because you really are wise and consistent and smart, all of those things. And so I can't wait to share you with everyone on the podcast. And really the reason is because your focus has been so good and you have absolutely supersized your business in the last year. And so I know there are a lot of people that would like to do what you've done, but I really want to hear from you. I can't wait for you to share how you've done it because it's pretty amazing. And so what I want to do first, though, is let's just cut the suspense. I love you to say hi. Tell everybody about your business because your business is probably one of the most unusual businesses that I will ever have in the podcast. One of the most unusual products. So go, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. My business is My Sweetest Memories, and I specialize in cremation jewelry. So it is jewelry. Right now, I'm selling mostly necklaces that are little pendants that have a little cavity inside that someone can place a little bit of ashes in or memorial dirt, sand, something along those lines, just to keep their loved one close to them. So cool. Really. I mean, when you told me what it was, I was like, say that again. What? What? 
But what I love is that it's not just cremation for people. You sell a lot of pet cremation jewelry too. People who just want to have some of their pet's ashes in the jewelry. And you speak to those owners, I noticed a lot in your social media. So cool. Now, which one did you start with or did you start with both? I started with both, but I very quickly realized that it was the pet jewelry that not only did better with my audience, but resonated more with me because I'm just a pet lover through and through. And everybody that knows me knows that. So did you start the business to fill a need like for yourself or did you think, oh, I bet I could sell a lot of this stuff? So yeah, it would be really disingenuous for me to sit here and say that, oh, this is just something I'm passionate about and I think I'm going to make a business out of it. No, it didn't really happen that way. Sort of, but not entirely. I think I was born an entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur, like a lot of us are. And so my mind is always looking at, will that sell? And my dog had passed away about six years ago. And I was looking for something to keep her in besides the little urn we have. And I came across these and I thought, oh my gosh, I'll bet these would sell. So I literally bought $200 worth of different pendants that I thought were cute, threw them up on eBay and sold out within a week. I just want everyone to know that while we're talking, we're on Zoom, I can see you rubbing your dog. I got one behind me and one next to me. (laughs) Right? You really are a pet lover. So here's what I love. I watched you all last year. You joined our Reliable Revenue Program. You joined the course last year, and then you also joined our coaching program. And what I love to see is that you didn't pop up a lot. Like you don't post, you're not posting on the daily or anything. But when you do, you have something really good to share. And I kind of watched you marching your way along last year to reaching this huge milestone. You were a member of the inner circle first, and then you joined. Like, what was your mindset? What was that milestone? And what were you thinking? How were you going to get there? I think it was in March or April that the course started, the actual digital course. And I had actually left my job in January of 2020. So I had just very recently left. On my terms, I had actually beat my salary the year before. So, And I had saved all of my money the year before from my job so that I could leave my job knowing that I had that safety net, if you will. I don't know if it was genius or it was more just having failed in a business before knowing that I really should have had that and I didn't. So this time it was really important for me to have that going. So when I hit that milestone of being able to leave my job, I knew that I was going to need something to keep me accountable. And the best way to do that is to spend a lot of money, (laughs) right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's not cheap. Shouldn't be cheap because if it is, then anybody's going to do it. And for me, it was, okay, if I'm going to spend this money, then I know darn well, I'm going to show up every single week. I'm going to do whatever that assignment is for that week. And as far as the coaching, really the same thing. I mean, knowing that it's not just accountability, but it's it's bouncing those ideas off like-minded people and having my vibe, really. You know, we were talking before we started recording. And when you talked about some of the people in your accountability group and what they had contributed to your success. I feel the same way about the mastermind I'm in is that it doesn't take a lot. I don't need a lot. I just need to be with people who understand what I'm trying to achieve because they are too and they might be ahead of me. But if I have a problem or a question, those are the people I want to ask because they probably did too. 
And so really the outcome you wanted when you, uh, like when you said, okay, I'm going to do reliable revenue was really that, okay, I'm committing. I'm not going to waste this opportunity and quit my job. I'm not going to flop around. I'm just going to get on a path. So good. And on a path did you get? So you hit a big milestone this year. Tell me how it felt. You're welcome to share the milestone or you can just tell people a sales increase in percentage, but you hit a big one. So tell me how you feel today. It was amazing. And my goal from a sales standpoint when I joined Reliable Revenue was to double my revenue year over year. And I not only did that, but I've was 140% increase year over year. And you had decent revenue coming in. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind sharing the numbers. It was 160000 for 2019. And then originally, my goal was to hit 320. I increased it about halfway through the year to 360. And I came this close. I was very close. Oh, so good. And then you just told me that you had like the most amazing January. It was your best month ever. Is that right? This past January? Yeah. Looking at the numbers, I'm not 100% sure. It's either the best or very close, but my January looks like it beat out my best month last year, which was April. So good. So let's just help everybody who's listening to this. So you built a business over time. Your business is not that old. Started in 2017. So you built this business over time and then all of a sudden it blew up, really, like you had the biggest increase ever. And so if you thought about what it was you did, clearly you made a commitment. You decided to hold yourself accountable to that. But what are the actions you took that you think had the most impact on your business? Because interestingly enough, I would say that you're not one of the people I think of when I think about getting out in front of your business. You're very much behind the scenes of your business, right? Like Sarah's not going doing Facebook lives, like changing her shirt while she's got a camera on. That's not Sarah. But yeah, Sarah's wildly successful. So what are the things that you did that got you that massive growth fast? Yeah, I think that the two biggest things... I know for when you talk a lot about making decisions based on the data, numbers, 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 numbers. And so up until I joined the social sales girls, I knew where my numbers were from a revenue standpoint, but I didn't have like a playbook like we do now where I can break it down week to week and month to month and know what worked, what didn't, that kind of thing. That made a huge difference for me. And for two reasons, really. One, because it shows you what worked and when it worked. But it also shows you how far you've come. And I think sometimes we beat ourselves up thinking, oh, I'm not getting any traction. And then you look at those numbers and you're like, oh, my gosh, compared to January, you know, I'm up this percent or whatever. So knowing my numbers has been huge. The other thing is just the consistency. Even when things don't work, show up. Even when you don't feel like it, show up. And the mini campaigns have been huge for me. Not in terms of sales either. I'll be honest, my campaigns are only about 2% of my revenue. My flows are about 38%. Really? Tell everybody the difference because not everybody understands our little secret language. So a campaign, we call it a mini campaign, is tell everyone. Literally that. It's just a mini marketing campaign and it can be as simple as here's a picture of something brand new in the shop this week. Shop now with a button that takes you to the website. So it can be something really simple. It can be a sale, but it doesn't have to be. 
It can be new product, new items do really well for me. Those are primarily what I send. And of course, you know, Black Friday. Yeah. So now let's talk about those amazing flows because what I usually see, Sarah, is almost a half and half, half campaigns, half flows for attributed revenue. Like I've never seen anybody who gets 38% of their email revenue from flows. Yeah. So my welcome series is definitely my biggest producer. I do have a pop-up that offers 15% off first purchase. It took me a little while to kind of hit what was the perfect number for that. 10 was too low. 20 was too high. 15 just seemed to hit it with people. I'm not sure right off the top of my head what my overall rate is, but my conversion on those is just insane. As far as people who sign up for the pop-up and then actually purchase, it's a ridiculous amount. But the welcome campaign is the bulk of that number. And I do have four emails in that series now. I'm looking to actually add more. I mean, I I don't know if you want to hear what's in them. I know I've had people ask. Basically, the first is just a, hi, here's your discount. That's it. What I found has been doing really, really well for me are the second and third emails are actually customer pictures. And the second one is pictures of pets. And there is no offer other than here's pets that my customers are remembering. And of course, I love that. And in my customers, it really resonates with them. And then the third email is basically the same thing, but it's pictures of my customers wearing their necklaces. And I think people like to see that. Yeah. So they're seeing it. They can see themselves in that. Wow. So guys, if you don't know what a flow is, I mean, most of us use Klaviyo, but a flow is really just an automation. And so the beauty of what Sarah just shared with you is that she doesn't do anything. Like you set it up and you find a lead magnet, which for you is 15% off, that is good enough of an offer to get people to give you their email address. And then all the rest is automated. So that's why your sales have blown up because you're bumping up your traffic and getting more people in there all the time. Wow. So good. So, you know, one of the things you said was consistency. And I just want to circle back to that because I think that There's consistency that some people have in their minds, and then there's the consistency that you actually live with until it starts working. And what I've found over and over again is that it's longer than you think it should be. So can you just speak to that? Like, was that your experience too, that you had to do a lot of these things for, you know, more than three weeks in a row before you saw a big result? For months in a row, really even years. I mean, in my business, it's not that old. But really, it was the first couple of years felt really, really slow. I remember thinking, you know, yeah, I made $100 this month. Woo-hoo. You know, I mean, I don't care, you know, is this even worth it? Is it worth sending out this email? And I see a lot of people say that email doesn't work. And I think the problem is that they send out one or two emails every six months or so. And then they're like, well, nobody opened it. Well, if you send it, you know, once every few months, then your customers don't know who you are at the point and they don't care anymore because they're getting bombarded. And when you're there each and every week, you bring them back. And I do think that's why my campaigns don't necessarily produce the income directly. But what I do see in my stats is that they still are bringing people back. So it's because they're seeing my name over and over and over again. And when they're ready to purchase, they remember me and they come back. That's just it. When they're ready, they buy. So true, for sure. So I think that, and I saw a post actually in the circle this week where someone was asking, well, does anybody make money off of actually, she was asking about ads. And I thought, gosh, you know, if I could ever 
explain it in a way that didn't sound like I was telling a big story. (laughs) It's so true. I can't even explain it, but maybe you can put it into words better. It seems like you try and you try and you try. And when you get consistent on a few things, it gets easier because you stop flopping around trying to figure out what will work. But all of a sudden, you'll wake up one day and things have changed. And what was painful and hard suddenly seems to be like a hundred times easier than it was. And the sales start coming so much faster. Like, what is, do you know what, you know exactly what I mean? I can see you nodding your head. I do. I think some of it, honestly, and you say it all the time, it's one of my favorite Susanisms is get over yourself. (laughs) I think we're afraid to do things. And I think that sometimes that's where the consistency fails because we're afraid to do things. So we question it and then we don't do it because we're afraid. And I saw somebody, it might have been this week or last week, posting about, you know, they send an email, but they're worried about sending a follow-up email that same week. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I sent six this week. (laughs) But it's true. You just, I think some of that comes with once you do get over yourself and you just start doing those things and you realize that they do work, it gets easier. And the other thing is I sometimes cringe at, and I still do this. I talked about this yesterday in my accountability group. I still cringe because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the second new item email I've sent this month to my list. You know what? They don't care. That's what works. So if that's what works, why would I cringe about it? They don't care. And you know what? If they do care, they're going to unsubscribe and I will live and they'll come back when they want a cremation. And the other thing that you said that is so true, and I just want to go back to that. Like, I think that you're a really even balanced person. Like, I see it all the time with you. Like, Sarah is just one of those people that is going to head down, do the work, pop up when somebody needs help or pop up when you want to share something that you think will help people. But here's what I know for most people, and I don't know whether this is you, is that often we feel like nothing is working, like that it's all really hard and we just want someone to come in and tell us what to do, which is kind of what we do in Reliable Revenue. We just tell you. But that tracking of that data, that is the stuff that flips your thinking. And Bonnie Welsh and I laugh about this all the time because it takes all the emotion out of your business. You just have to look at the numbers and say, either oh, wow, I am making progress. Or, well, here's why I didn't make progress, because you forgot you need to send more traffic to your site or whatever it is, right? Or you let your average order value drop by $15 or whatever it is. You don't have to start saying, well, I'm no good at this. I'm exhausted. It's too hard. Why do I keep making these mistakes? You can actually look at those numbers and say, well, there's the answer. Now I know what to work on. So here's what I want to know. I want to know what you would tell the Sarah that started this business in 2017. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell her like she should do, feel? Like, what would you tell her? I think some of it goes back to the numbers to rely on the numbers heavily and take the emotion out of it. But along with that, stop looking at other people's numbers or worrying about other people. I think we worry. I hear a lot of people say, you know, my competition's doing this, my competition's doing that. And I can honestly say, I have no idea what my competition's doing. And I really don't care. It's because it's about what I'm doing. And I'm following people that know what they're doing. I don't know if my competition's making money. 
And same with like the inner circle. I mean, it's very easy. And I remember first coming in and looking at other people and the stuff they would post and thinking, oh my gosh, how did they do that? And feeling like I'm not good enough, but we all do it to ourselves because we're hard on ourselves. And so, you know, when you come in, when you're new, I think I had, you know, maybe 100, 200 visitors my very first month on my website, right? And I think I had one or two sales. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my gosh, is that it? This is never going to work. Guess what? That's really low, actually. One to 2% conversion rate. That's really, really good. So we got to stop comparing ourselves with other people. And I do that a lot. I still, and I guess we go back and kind of say, Sarah, just keep your blinders on. Just follow, you know, just follow along the course and stay the course and quit worrying about what other people think. So you would tell her just to pay attention. I think that you're an experienced business person. So you probably already knew it was going to take longer than you'd like it to take. And I think that that's another conversation people need to have with themselves is that why should we, and a lot of it is our industry, but why should we think we can start a business <laughs> that we've never done before? And that actually is kind of in its infancy. This whole stuff that we're doing, you know, online selling is kind of still really new. Why should we think that it would be successful in a couple of months? Even a couple of years. I mean, I've had people say to me, well, your business is only three years old, but you're doing so well. Yeah. You know how many failed businesses I had before? <laughs> you know how many I've lost over the years taking courses and trying to figure things out? I mean, this didn't happen in three years. Literally, it happened over the course of probably a decade or more. And yeah, you have to extend yourself some grace and understand that things take a lot longer than you think they're gonna. <laughs> they do, but it's also worth it. It's so, so worth it. I would love you to share something you said. So in Reliable Revenue, it's not part of the course, but it's certainly part of the culture in there is that we have businesses that pay us. We figure out a way to get a paycheck from our businesses. But I would love it if you would share, like Sarah... Your thing is your kids live all over the place and you don't think twice about jumping on a plane. Yeah, I really do. I'd like to say I earned that because I work hard for it, but that's my why. That's what's important to me. That's why I do it. So it's important to me to make sure, you know, some people it's shoes or purses or whatever. To me, it's being able to jump on a plane and go see my grandkids. Oh, so good. So one more question. So what are the things when you think about your journey, and I know you have a big goal, but when you think about your journey behind, what do you think are some of the things that you thought were crazy important that now you would go back and say, I didn't need to waste time doing that? Are there things that you thought were super, you know, like rules you had in your head? I think it's not necessarily a rule, but I do think as small business owners, we sometimes get this idea in our head that that means we have to be on 24 hours a day. And I still struggle with it. I love what I do. It's very easy for me to work from five in the morning till, you know, eight o'clock at night if I wanted to. But what I'm learning, and I think it comes with not just business experience, but sometimes just age, is turning off. And knowing what my why really is. And if my why is my family, and, and I mean, that's, that's a cutesy why, but truly, truly, my why is my family. And if that is my why, but I'm working 20 hours a day, then I'm not there. I'm not present. And I think you have to get to a point where you, you realize that, you know what? 
so what? So that Etsy message came in three hours ago and you didn't answer it. Well, your business isn't going to crumble over that. It's okay. And the truth is you can burn yourself out really easy. And I was getting to that point and I'm exhausted now. You know that I'm really tired, but I have learned. I do take a solid day off every week where I am not on the business. I do not do anything with it. I don't check email, nothing. And I'm working towards two days, but I think that's important. I really do. And I think when we're first starting out, we sometimes lose sight of that. And I'm not saying don't work hard because I work very, very hard, but I do think that we need to recognize why are we doing this in the first place? And it's not to kill ourselves. For sure. So I could tend to be like you, work all the time if I'm not checked. And what I wonder sometimes, and I want everyone to think about this, is at what point does the quality of your work go into some serious decline? Because you think that you're, you know, you're just grinding it out, grinding it out, grinding it out. But really, if you've already been working six or seven or eight hours in the day, do you think you're on top of your game? Because I feel like that's something else we have to, um, like what you said, you're taking a full day off and you're working towards two, as you should. And that break actually helps you get more perspective, I think. So you mentioned Etsy. And so I think everyone would love to hear about how you've managed to do so much transitioning away from Etsy and onto your own Shopify site, because that is something that there are a lot of people that, and you've done an amazing job. You know, that's a a worry for a lot of people, building their business on a marketplace where they don't have a lot of control. So can you just share a little bit of like insider tips on how you did it so successfully? Yeah, I'm not where I want to be with that yet. Etsy did start as 100% of my business. And then I introduced, of course, the Shopify site and slowly have worked towards moving away from Etsy. Right now, my numbers are about 60% Shopify, 40% Etsy. One of the big things that I did in the last six months, and I think I may be somewhat unique in this. I don't think a lot of people do this, but I had two different brands. And so I had an Etsy brand. The only reason was because Etsy was around long before my Shopify store and I changed the name for my Shopify. So about six months ago, I realized that was probably kind of stupid. And if I want to go off of Etsy, I either need to get rid of the brand there or I need to match the branding. So that's what I did. I changed the branding on Etsy to match the website. Since doing that, I have found that people are starting to seek me out on Google with my shop name, even if they bought from me on Etsy. And the other thing that I've done is I created a signature for my Etsy emails. And yes, you can do this. And there is absolutely no rule against it. But my website URL is right there in my signature. And my email address is Etsy at mysweetestmemories.com. Well, I can't tell you how many people just go to the website because they see that name, they remember it, and they go to the website to ask me questions. And then they end up buying there. And I also have customers that originally purchased on Etsy, and then they they move to the website. And this year, one of the things that I have as a goal is I'm going to set up a separate email funnel for those people and put like a PS on my Etsy things to say, hey, do you want to sign up for my mailing list? put them on an Etsy mailing list, but slowly transition them so that, I mean, if it's in your face enough, you're going to remember the booze. Well, you had said earlier that people are actually starting to search for your shop and what a satisfying feeling that is to know that they remember your name. It's amazing. Like, it's not even something I, I don't think I ever really thought about, but I mean, like you hear the name Coke or Dr. Pepper or what, I mean, we just, 
I'll never be that, which is cool. But to know that somebody actually remembered your name is just so cool. Oh, so cool. So listen, thank you so much. I would love to ask you one last question, which is, you know, you're just a leader in our group. And I hope that uh, all of our people in our coaching group will come through the whole reliable revenue experience this year and kind of cheer people on. Maybe uh, maybe we can get a few more pieces on your new lead and welcome funnel, some of those things. But what do you really want to happen this year? What do you see for your business this year? It looks like Sarah is not doing all the things. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. You know, I did hire someone about two months ago now in December to take over my social media marketing. She's done a phenomenal job doing that. And she's just gotten a lot of engagement, driving traffic. The next part of that is customer service. I would like to, as you know, we may be moving in a few months. So I'd like to be moving into a commercial space get everything out of my house so that I can I can farm out more of that manual work that I do now and just work on growing the business. And it's good, right? It doesn't always have to be a sales number. I think you're set up to grow regardless. Like you just have to keep doing what you're doing and your business is going to grow. But really what you're talking about is you want to move from working as someone in your business who's, you know, doing all the things and elevate yourself to the high-level strategy so that you can actually scale that thing without being a puddle on the floor. Exactly. And I mean, I do have sales goals too. But yeah, for me, it's more important that the business is working for me and I'm not for the business. I just don't want to do that. You have the confidence that you're going to reach those goals. I know you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I no doubt. And to be really honest, I'm kind of at a point where just like this year, I fell short, I fell a few thousand dollars short. And I was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, the growth is there and it's steady, even growth. And so to me, that's really more important as long as I'm stagnant. So am I going to be allowed to like chase you next year and say, remember that conversation we had <laughs> in February? Absolutely. No, I have got to do it. I've got to do it because I think it does come to a point where your growth is going to stall if you don't do those things. I think you're, you know, just so methodical. And I think that for somebody who's listening, who's maybe like where I'm at with Sock Doggo, this to them, what you're talking about doesn't even like they just can't imagine having, you know, what's your biggest problem? Well, my biggest problem is I sold so much in January that now I got a lot of work to do. Like that's one of your biggest problems and they can't imagine that. And so it's really nice to have you here sharing that it wasn't always that way. And really, when you look at the whole time that we have businesses or the whole time of our careers, we think about three years to grow a business that gives you the income that you need to do pretty much whatever you want flexibility to drop everything, go trick-or-treating with your kids halfway across the country or across the country, and actually to even be able to consider, like I know, considering moving and you don't have to worry about your job. All of that is just shocking and amazing. And three years is actually not a long time when you think of all you've achieved. It's nothing. Yeah, I would encourage anybody, if you're feeling discouraged, we've all been there, all of us. Susan didn't wake up yesterday and have a wee squeak successful business and and just fell into her lap. I didn't wake up yesterday like this. No, it was, believe me, there were tears involved over the years. And in times I said, this is never going to work. 
And you know what? Unfortunately, I know that you can have people in your life that say, what are you doing? You know, why are you wasting your time on that? And I would just encourage anyone that's feeling discouraged, you can do it. Just hang in there, really. And follow the courses, stay consistent, don't go rogue. Seriously, if you follow it, it's just like a nice little checklist that I promise it really does work. Really does. Thank you so much, my friend. I feel really fortunate that I got to spend this afternoon with you. I always feel like I've known you for a long time, but I feel like I got to know the backstory from the backstory. And you just have so much to share. So thank you for being such a leader in our community. Really appreciate it. We're going to catch up next year. We'll do this again. Sarah doesn't love to do public things. And so I had to like kind of say, Thomas, I'll be so gentle with you on the podcast. So we have to keep her sharing because she's got so much good stuff to share. So listen, thank you so much. Hey there. Are your sales a lot slower than you thought they would be? So frustrating. You know you have a good product and you're just kind of stumped wondering what you're missing and what it's going to take before you'll get the sales you want every day. So I want to share a free workshop I made for you. Before you start making more changes on your website, I want you to take a little bit of time and watch this. Spend 40 minutes with me and you're going to see why you're not getting the sales that you want and you will be clear on what it is you really need to do to move the needle. I'm almost positive it's not changed something on your website. Head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash sales every day and go have a watch. This is training from our inner circle. It's in our foundations unit. Our members get it right away and they leave feeling confident about their site, their product, their pricing, and they're ready to get on the path to success. I want to share that with you. So the URL is thesocialsalesgirls.com sales every day. I'll stick it in the show notes. See you soon.